0: Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show Podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury.
1: Time now to turn our attention to Nate Bauer, Blue Ed Illustrated. Nate, great to have you with us. First of all, how you doing?
0: Oh I'm great. It's beautiful. Yeah. Football is happening. It's like normal. It's a much better place, Steve. I don't know about you. It's
1: officially autumn too. Yes. every you know what? Everybody's in a much better place.
0: It's just it's just it's just nice. You know? We're doing it. It's back. I appreciate it more than I did.
1: Really? So, for sure. Sir no for seriously. Sure. I mean, um, Nah. I've told people that's that for me that's not true because I always appreciated it.
0: Uh I don't know if I would say that I stopped appreciating it, but I resented it last year.
1: Oh well I no, Just, I'm not talking about last year. Last year was bad. I,
0: yeah, no, I mean and that's 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 where I'm coming from is last year was such a it, it was so hollow. It felt so mercenary. Right? Like, just do it. just right? Like, the show must go on. And so the job very much felt like that. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you do this for a long time, you've been doing this for forever. So, I mean, the fact that you come at it with the the appreciation and the, the intensity that you've always had and the, the enjoyment of it that you've always had is a testament to that. But for me, it was like, whoa, yeah. this stinks let's let's do let's like golf yeah you know? and but now it's like oh this is there it's captivating again it's it's all of the the things that are good uh that that maybe get caught up in you know uh, year 5 turns into year 17 Right, like yeah. it's just that's that's just the nature of the beast. Is they all the years kind of start to blend together, but right. uh, this year is not one of those years. It is it is a full appreciation from uh, from Nate Bauer this year.
1: Let me add about this this end of it. Uh, Ball State was the largest opening day crowd for Penn State since two thousand eight when they played Coastal yep. Carolina. Yep. Last week was a sellout, which everybody knew was going to happen anyway. They got within, what, 42 of 110,000. Yep. This week there are, only, there are fewer than 1,500 tickets remaining for this. What, what, yep. what, what are we seeing here? Is this the we missed it that much? We're enamored with this team? Uh, I've been aching to get back, or is it all of that?
0: Yeah, I think. I mean, I think that it's definitely a little bit of everything, right? Like, I mean, look, I don't know what the casual fans' perspective, or maybe that's the wrong way to put it, right? Like, what? How does the hardcore fan view this weekend? Probably as a walkover, like. Right, like mm-hmm. it's, it's just a it's just a game that you play because you have to play it, and they wish that uh, Penn State had scheduled Syracuse for the spot or whatever. Right, but like a big a bigger name, but I think more to the casual fan, it's hey, there's football. The the thing that we used to do all the time is back, and for the weekend, what a great opportunity to get back to Beaver Stadium to tailgate on a nice uh, Saturday in in September at Beaver Stadium, and then on top of that, watch a team that is showing signs of being uh, not just good, but potentially very good. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like the early stages of that at this point.
1: When you watch the game on Saturday night, I think if you're a, if you're just a fan of like I'm going to watch a college football game, you had to love watching that game because I okay. thought both teams, like in other words, the team that won the game just won the game. The other team didn't yep. lose the game.
0: Yep, yep. No, I, I. It's funny that you brought that up because I, I, I was, um, I have been kind of saying this week that this, like when I'm evaluating this Penn State team right now, uh, there's such a limited sample size and data size to choose from when you're this early in the season. And so, you know, you, you, you frame and contextualize Wisconsin as being good because that's what the preseason ranking says and because that's what historically Wisconsin has been. But nobody knows, right? Like, like that wasn't wasn't a great Wisconsin team last year and so you're carrying over some pieces. But, yeah, the expectations don't necessarily match what is necessarily going to be the case. But the thing that I took away from that Wisconsin game was, oh, I just watched a game with high-level football. Like that was a good football game. Yeah, so Two it was. really good defenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the defenses are ahead of the offenses, but that was good football. Hey, guess what? Saturday night, Auburn. Like that's no joke, Auburn team. There, yeah. there are some dudes on that Auburn team uh, yeah. with with good coaching. Like that, that is a legit team that just came in, at, you know, to Penn State and Penn State beat. And so I think I think like of anything. That has been my primary takeaway from this early part of the season for Penn State is they not only did they win those games against programs that matter and that are relevant, but those programs that matter and relevant put good teams on the field.
1: Obviously, Sean Clifford is always as the quarterback is going to be the focal point, pro or con, about what's yep. going on. Yep. As you've not only watched Sean. But then, when you have listened to him, yeah, what have you thought?
0: Yeah, no, I think I think here is a guy who, he, I mean, definitely has grown up, right? Like, and he's always had a mature approach. I think he's always been dedicated and so invested. Like, nobody has ever doubted his preparation. He is it, like it's it is the thing that people say first about him however he's just he's just more clear eyed he, he's less head in the clouds this year um and and that's not a knock on him right like that's one of the that's one of the most endearing things about him is how optimistic he is and the way that he approaches the game and the way that he plays it is always you know that you're gonna get everything that he's got but in the past that Everything that he's got at times included taking risks that were not to the benefit of the team mm-hmm. because that was just that was just the style of quarterback that he was. He wanted to be aggressive and he wanted to be right. He, he just that Brett Favre, right? Like he just wanted to be that. And this year you see not necessarily the opposite of that, but you just see him playing within himself and 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 that has manifested itself not only in his statistics but after the games when he's talking about his approach it's very much hey this is this is just the beginning of what we can do right like getting the ball to guys who he is he he stressed it on saturday night his confidence doesn't come from his own preparation it comes from where he sees the preparation in everyone else mm-hmm. on this team, and that's and that's a huge distinction that's a huge differentiator for for him to say that like he he is he is exuding that confidence, but it's not about him. it's hey, he can go out and be the player and the person that he is, not have to exceed that or play outside of that bubble right or of what he's capable of doing and doing well. And the other guys are gonna take care of what they need to take care of. And that's that's powerful. That's a that yeah. gives you um that gives you a potential that I you know, I just think contrasting it to last year, like that that was the
1: difference. If people if their expertise is doing things by numbers, they're really, really good at it. Uh and that's the best way for them to go about evaluating a team. I got that. Uh but something that they usually struggle with is the ability to look at somebody and say, you know, they got a real feel for this thing. I mean, that's yep. that's an intangible. So let's look at Mike Yursich. Mm-hmm. When you walk through three games, now you've had a chance to watch him through three games. What kind of feel does he have for the game?
0: Yeah, he he does not try to fit the proverbial square peg in the round hole he he adapts he right there, there's always this guys always come into a game with a plan always but inevitably that plan shifts but no defense gives you exactly what you're expecting and the thing that Mike Yersich does well as he's demonstrated through three games is he can take whatever that mix up is whatever the different look is that he's getting and adjust to it and then on top of it make the right calls at the right time like the, the these very precise things i i was talking earlier this week about the tight end production mm-hmm. on saturday and the fact that right like everybody's not everybody but we're all kind of talking about like oh where where are the chunk plays right where are these 50 yard bombs that was kind of the expectation was they're going to go deep all the time mm-hmm. uh that wasn't what auburn was giving penn state but the two the two biggest passing plays that penn state had on saturday were to the tight ends and not only that and it, it very importantly they were not contested catches right those guys were running completely free in the middle of the field and Mike Yursich understood that. Yeah. He, right? Like he, he under he knows where the vulnerability is going to be in a defense. And uh I, I think so far this season has exploited those things uh very well.
1: I asked Donnie Collins this. I'm gonna ask you this question. Um same question. It's about Jahan Dotson. Mm-hmm. Here obviously Everybody has tremendous appreciation for him. I think in the state, everybody yep. has tremendous appreciation for him. Is he getting enough recognition nationally?
0: Nope. Nope, he's mm-hmm. not. And and it might be. I mean, I'm trying to remember what how Alan Robinson was perceived. And I, you know, I don't want to make like comparisons to that type of lofty sure. level, right? Yeah. But what I would say is. He, he, I mean, and this is even coming in, in Internally uh, I did not Appreciate how Everything in the zip code He's coming down with mm-hmm. uh, Right, like, he is Yes, uh, we all Had questions after, and he knows This, and he's acknowledged it The, the Minnesota, right, getting caught um, yeah. there, there were some speed Questions, but he's He is a different Better player considerably since then. Uh, just a just a brief tangent anecdote. I had an interview with Dwight Galt before the right, like the week leading into the first game, mm-hmm. and I was asking a bunch of different questions about who's the fastest, who's strongest, yada yada yada. And but the one that I asked um, that caught my attention was who has the best hand-eye coordination on the team. Right, just pure hand eye, sure. and that doesn't—they don't have to be a starter, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he, it didn't take him a second to say, Jahan Dotson," and what he what he said was, "Not only is Jahan Dotson, but the things he's doing in preseason camp this year, you would not believe." Right. right? So the buzz, the buzz for him coming out of camp was he's—he's he's just the, the circus catches aren't circus with him anymore because he's making them so routine and you saw that last year in that Ohio State game for sure, but I think he's doing it just about every game now. I, I think he's had three performances so far this season where he, he's just, right, when I do, a, I do a high lows for every game, yes. by, the end of the se- by the end of the season, best catch is going to go to Jahan Dawson, I, I would bet you, in 10 games. <laughs> just because he, he he's good, he's, he's that good. Uh, and I, and I, I would agree with the sentiment that it's not necessarily being recognized quite as much on the national level as it needs to be.
1: Uh, is this week a test of a team's maturity?
0: Definitely, definitely, no question. They, there, there are. Look, like you, you want to play. You, you want to knock. Get, go out of your mind, right? Like, so you don't want to take your foot off the gas, but y- you need to go out, and it is critically important for them to have a comfortable win so that they can get backups, reps, right? From a program development side of things. And and that's, that's next year and years beyond, but that's this year as well. Right. Because if you look at the rest of the schedule, where are the cupcakes? Right. Like where where are those opportunities? James Franklin talked about. He uh, was asked this last night about how the approach to red shirts changes at all, um, or or getting reps for depth. I guess how that changes when your non-conference schedule is what it is this season. Right? You have this uh, non-traditional start to the season with Wisconsin on the road, a, a contender for MAC uh, to, to win the MAC in Ball State, and then. You know, a a traditional power in in Auburn coming into Beaver Stadium, and he acknowledged that it it has changed. Right, it it has shifted. There are not the chances that you would normally see at the beginning of the year to get your third and fourth string players who are broadly young an opportunity to play. And I don't really see that changing through the rest of the season. So. You know the way that James Franklin likes to get his subs in the game. Yep. He doesn't want to do it until the game is well out of hand. Uh-huh. He yeah, wants exactly. it to be, right? Like, he does not want to have to call up starters at the end of the third quarter yeah. because it became a game. And so that makes their performances in the first and second quarter that much more important this week due to be vigilant, not see this early game as a cakewalk, not see an FCS opponent as something less than. Right. This is, I mean, this is a good FCS opponent no doubt. On, that, on that level. And so if they don't approach it with that mindset, they're, they're going to have problems. But the, the converse to that is pretty obviously Penn State's approach through three games this season has all been mature. They they have already demonstrated that they have that element uh, in their approach.
1: Well, great to hear the passion back for you. Yeah, so it's fun. It's fun. We're back. I know. It and <laughs> it, 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 look, it makes a look having the crowds back makes a gigantic difference. It makes a difference oh. just walking through the parking lot. It makes a difference when you're sitting. In the booth, it makes a difference just seeing the way people are reacting, the sense of quote normalcy, the passion. A lot of it—it's all coming into play.
0: It is. It is so. The disconnect to me last year between what I was perceiving happening—like losing doesn't make a team not interesting. Losing teams, losing teams can be very interesting. What made last year so hard to bridge the gap was the things that were happening internally weren't being appreciated because those fans didn't have an opportunity to see it for themselves. That's right. They didn't have an opportunity to see just how gutted that Penn State team was from a personnel standpoint. It was just, oh, uh, it's business as usual. It Nothing at all was business as usual. And so because of that, it was just it was a constant education or trying to educate as to just how bizarre and kind of ridiculous to be honest with you the circumstances were and so to, to move past that i'm talking to fans now who understand they get it and that that makes all the difference in the world
1: you always make a difference for us thank you so much my friend ah. appreciate you <laughs> i really do i appreciate you very much you know that
0: any time. And you too, my friend.